the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost on Pentecost, St. Peter preached, and as the Acts of the Apostles relates to us, he quoted from the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass after this, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Moreover, upon my servants and handmaids in those days, I will pour forth my Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is poured upon the servants and the handmaids at Pentecost. Following our Lord's ascension, the apostles, disciples, men and women, with the Blessed Virgin Mary, went and prayed in the upper room. And they were mindful in keeping the commandment of our Lord to pray and watch. On Pentecost Sunday, we notice two different groups of people, the humble and the proud. The humble were united in prayer and were filled with the Holy Ghost. The proud mocked those who were speaking in tongues and were prophesying, saying that they were drunk. Let us look again at Joel's prophecy. And it shall come to pass after this, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Moreover, upon my servants and handmaids, in those days I will pour forth my spirit. It is clear that the Spirit of God is destined for all flesh, for all humans. Yet on the day of Pentecost, the fire of the Divine Spirit did not descend upon everyone in Jerusalem. The key to receiving the Spirit of God is revealed in this verse. Moreover, upon my servants and handmaids in those days, I will pour forth my Spirit. The Spirit is given to the servants and the handmaids, that is, to the humble. Humility is then the condition sine qua non, the condition without which one cannot receive the Spirit of God. The inspired human writer of the Acts of the Apostles, St. Luke, gives us a better clue in how to receive the Spirit of God in the beginning of his Gospel. He begins with the story of the priest Zachary, relating that he and his wife Elizabeth were without child in their old age. While Zachary was administering in the temple, St. Gabriel appeared to him and told him that Elizabeth, his wife, would conceive a son that would be called John, and he would be filled with the Holy Ghost, that he would convert many of the children of Israel, and that he would have the power of Elias, and that he would prepare unto the Lord a perfect people. Yet, Though the Gospel says he was a just man before God and without blame, Zachary was incredulous. For this pride and disbelief, Zachary was struck dumb. Then St. Luke contrasts this story of Zachary's unbelief by recounting the humility of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Annunciation. Now St. Gabriel announced that a virgin would conceive the Son of God. Whereas Zachary did not believe that he and his wife would conceive in their old age, which though humanly speaking unlikely, was not necessarily a miracle, the humble and believing Mary was willing to believe all in God's will. Mary, because of her humility coupled with her faith, believed the greatest of all miracles. God made man born of a virgin. In her Magnificat, Mary then praised God for lifting up the lowly. My soul doth magnify the Lord, 
and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, because he has regarded the humility of his handmaid. He hath showed might in his arm, he has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has put down the mighty from their seat, and has exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has received Israel his servant, being mindful of his mercy. As St. Luke so clearly shows here in the Blessed Virgin Mary, humility is like a magnet that attracts the Holy Ghost. Opposites attract, and the more we empty ourselves of that which is not of God, embracing our nothingness, the more the Holy Ghost is attracted to our soul. The more humble we become, the more we love God, seeing His infinite goodness. No one was more humble than the Blessed Virgin Mary, and she loved God more than all of the saints combined. When we empty ourselves of selfishness, when we empty ourselves of self-centeredness, disbelief, and disobedience, and when we begin trusting in God, believing in Him, and hoping in His goodness, He will infallibly fill us with the Holy Spirit. Zachary was not humble, and he did not believe, and so he was struck dumb. Mary was humble and believed, and thus she was made the mother of God and the spouse of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is attracted to the humble, and he will fill that soul with his goodness and mercy, exalting that soul to heaven. Hence, that is why liturgically we begin the Veni Creator Spiritus, Calm Holy Ghost, on our knees. And that is why we just knelt during the Alleluia, as we prayed that the Holy Ghost would come to us, as we showed by our posture the humility of ourselves on our knees to show our interior humility, so that He would eventually exalt and lift us up. To further connect the tie of the humility of Mary and the Holy Ghost, it was a traditional custom in many convents and seminaries, such as our own, in which when we recite the Veni Creator Spiritus, we add a Hail Mary, to show that Mary's intercession will help us to be humble and fill us with the Holy Ghost. Last week, we looked at how the Holy Ghost is the gift of God the Father and the Son, and how He is given to us to strengthen us in our faith and the love of God. Today, let us pause for a few moments on how the Holy Ghost is given for the remission of sins. In the octave of Pentecost, the priest prays a special pontificator right before the consecration of the Eucharist. He prays that the oblation be offered on behalf of these whom thou hast vouchsafed to bring to a new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, granting them remission of all their sins. There is a close connection between the Holy Ghost and the forgiveness of sins. We saw on Easter Sunday, our Lord said in the upper room as He breathed on them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them, and whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. Just as the apostles received the Holy Ghost in the upper room on Easter Sunday, so today again on Pentecost, they receive this Holy Ghost for the forgiveness of sins. And thus, St. Peter preaches the need 
for repentance, and he baptizes 3,000 souls this day for the forgiveness and remission of their sins. In our Lord's last words to his apostles before his ascension, he stated that they would receive the power of the Holy Ghost. And immediately he followed with these words, And you shall be my witness unto me in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. Thus, Pentecost is the birth of the church, insofar as the Holy Ghost is given, so that the apostles can preach, teach, baptize, and save souls in the whole world. On Pentecost, the church was made manifest to the world by the pouring out of the Holy Ghost and the miracles that they performed. Like the old Pentecost, like the old Pentecost of Moses, which marked the giving of the law, this new Pentecost marks a new era in which God gives the law written on the hearts of men through the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. In the liturgy, Pentecost marks a new liturgical season as the birth of the church, which preaches the new law for the salvation of souls until the end of time. We also see that in the Nicene Creed, we profess our belief in the Holy Ghost as one baptism for the remission of sins. Our faith in the Holy Ghost, the sanctifier of our soul, leads to our belief in the Church, through which we receive baptism for the remission of sins. Now to be saved, we have to believe and be baptized as Christ said. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. It is through the church that baptism is administered, and it is through the church that sins are bound and loosened through the power and the keys of the Holy Ghost. Thus, humility and belief once again are the magnet that attract the Holy Ghost to make his abode in our soul. The sacraments are not meant to be an obstacle to God, but rather are the channels through which we humble ourselves, accepting the material, such as the water, the bread, or by confessing our sins, and coupled with our faith, like Mary, we believe in God and in His Church, so that through these sacraments we are sanctified with the outpouring of this Divine Spirit. And for us, who have already been baptized, some of us many years ago, it is important that we do not despise this new outpouring of the Holy Ghost that awaits us in the sacrament of confession. We begin by humility, as we acknowledge our nothings, admitting our guilt and our sins, and yet instantly return to God in gratitude that He fills us with His goodness and His mercy, though we are unworthy. Continuing to follow the humility of Mary, we believe all of God's words and that He acts through the Church, through the sacraments, and we believe in the Holy Ghost, who will come to remit our sins and fill us with the love of God. As humility is indispensable to receiving the Holy Ghost, as the virtue magnet attracting the God's divine Spirit, so the humility that we foster in penance and confession Give us a new Pentecost each time we enter the upper room of the confession. There is no such thing as too much humility as long as it is true, and there is no such thing as making a confession too often as long as we are contrite, humble, and desiring a new outpouring of God's grace in that sacrament. 
And it shall come to pass after this, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Moreover, upon my servants and handmaids in those days, I will pour forth my Spirit. My dear faithful, this Pentecost, we seek to humble ourselves in prayer and faith with the apostles in the upper room, as we pray for a new outpouring of the Holy Ghost on our soul and for the Church. Looking to the humility of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that please God to choose her to be the mother of God, may we imitate and follow her humility, so that God may be attracted to make his abode in our soul. Celebrating this birthday of the Church, may our faith be strengthened in the Holy Ghost and in the Church, so that like the Apostles, we too will help to spread the reign of Christ the King on earth. May our humility be sincere, may our faith be strong, and may our love be ardent, so that alive with the fire of the Holy Ghost abiding in our soul, he will bring our salvation and will give us joys that never end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.